0: So I was a big skier at the time. I I spent a lot of time at the local ski mountain and uh, Montana's just got a lot going on, skiing, hiking, backpacking. I'm an outdoorsy type guy. So I applied, I was accepted and I figured, you know, I would just go and check it out. So I went out and had a great time, you know, saw a lot of Montana, a little bit of Wyoming, a little bit of Utah and just had a really good time did okay in class you know i I did just fine I, i got decent grades but i i didn't know what i wanted to do i never had any clue what i was supposed to sit there for for four years and then come out and jump into a job i knew i was good with my hands i was good with construction what i was doing at the time so it was hard for me to sit in class and focus and we were actually we were supposed to pick a major and i couldn't pick one i was looking at you know, being a helicopter pilot to a construction manager for a big, you know, highway company. And I, you were supposed to just pick what you want to be for the rest of your life. And I just couldn't do that.
1: Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not going to be 100% in, I'm not going to do it. Come on, man, just be yourself. Yeah. and, and you Just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Matt, cheers. Cheers. Got my water. Got your water thanks for coming yeah man appreciate you having me yeah it's kind of funny how we met and you know i do a lot on social media but i'm not one to really just shoot a random dm i like to build a relationship a lot of times people don't realize how you build relationships meeting at the coffee shop repetitively the lunch place or just at your kid's soccer game you and i would become friends but on social media it's no different it's just kind of over time, you're liking somebody's stuff, and then eventually you shoot them a DM, hey, that was a cool video, and you kind of build rapport with them. Sure. But there was something, I don't know if you end up following me or I end up following you first, but there was something literally about your logo, which is great, the triaxle logo, that just popped out at me. Uh, I just launched the sponsors. I saw that you had something to do with trucking. I had a bunch of trucking guys coming, some other trucking sponsors. I was like, dude, let's hop on a call. Yes. So we did. Right Well, I could tell you that you were a great dude, stand-up guy, and you were also willing to, you know, be a sponsor for the event. Came out to the event, had a great time, met some people, and I was like, hey, let's get you on the podcast. So here we are. Trevor, why are you messing with the lights so much? What are you trying to do? I
0: apologize.
1: What are you trying to do? I
0: I hit him on accident.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you are obviously here now. So we want to kind of talk about your story. We want to talk about tri you as a dad, husband. And talk about your life and the, the history of you and contracting business.
0: Awesome, man. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you inviting me out. And yeah, it was kind of, I don't know who followed who first, but I, I think I just saw somehow it came across a, a reel of, of your podcast. And I saw, you know, Fireside America, and I was like, hey, that, that's pretty cool. So I saw, you know, I kind of caught up on uh, not some of the episodes, but some of the stuff on your social. And I'm, you must have seen me liking some of this stuff or commenting on it. And, uh, and then you sent me that message, so
1: yeah', yeah. It's, it's weird how social media works, sometimes it just clicks, and I, I I think that with your business in particular, I don't think a lot of guys, and when I say your business talking about I call it the dirt world, right so guys you know working in the excavators, doing development work, site work, they don't do a ton with social media it's
0: It's becoming a lot more popular now. I know a lot of guys, I know some guys that still have flip phones in in, in the dirt business, primarily like the older crowd. Um, and I know a lot of guys in the business that, that they don't care to bother with social media. They have a ton of work. They don't want to mess with it. They don't want the hassle of what some of the negatives that come across, you know, with social media. But a lot of guys are utilizing it. They're, they're putting content out there on Instagram. Um, Showing, you know, guys like showing what they're doing, you know, what they're building, what they're creating, what they were able to purchase with, with what they've been doing with, you know, with their business. So I think it's becoming a lot more popular these days, especially, you know, with the younger crowd. I feel like a lot of the a lot of the younger guys, you know, they might not be, you know, really have the years behind them in the construction field but they're they're doing the content from day one. I think they see it working.
1: They get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, you have some cool trucks. You're doing a really cool job. You should be putting that out there. Sure. I want to get to your story, but first I want to kind of chronologically walk through your life. That's what I like to do, give people a backstory on who you are. Okay. So, PA guy, born and raised, right? Where yeah. where in PA were you?
0: Little town called Clark Summit, right outside of Scranton, PA.
1: Right outside of Summit. So, you never you're still there now? Yes. So you never left your town. you No, nope. in-
0: I did. I did. So I went to Montana State for one year. I All left right. and I went to school in Montana, decided college wasn't for me, came back to Pennsylvania, started working again, and, and that's where I'm at.
1: So growing up there, went through school, got to high school, finished that up. Were you ever in equipment? Was your dad in that space? Were you Were you playing around in the construction trade?
0: My dad was not in it. I the the first year, but when I was 16, the first summer that I had my license, I went to work for a contractor. And I don't remember exactly how my interest came up or, or what happened. It might even just been like I needed money. I wanted yeah. I wanted a job, and I'm broke. somebody somebody told me that hey, you know, I feel like maybe my mother's hairdresser, her, it was her husband or somebody that I worked for. So uh, first year, I mean. Out of sophomore year of high school, I think like within a couple of days of, of the end of the school year, I was working for a contractor and I started sweeping floors, pulling wires. I remember digging out a bilco door with a pick and a shovel and thinking it was bullshit because I knew the guy had a backhoe, but he just had nothing else for me to do that day, so I, I dug <laughs> dug the whole hole. That took me a day or two to dig it out. He wanted so. to get his
1: hours out of you. Yeah,
0: yeah. He wanted to make sure I was I was <laughs> earning my keep. So it just started off when I was young. I worked in construction. In the summers, I did it when I could, you know, weekends. Uh, There was one time I was asked to leave school for a small period of time, and I went and I just worked and bought myself a nice mountain bike. Why were you
1: asked to leave school? We can't just glaze over that. uh, I like people who are asked to leave school.
0: (laughs) uh, So there was a, 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 a raid in the school, or like a drug check, and they ended up finding stems and seeds in my in my jeep there was was there's nothing on you nothing really of of any substance nothing illegal the cops didn't like your friends left some seeds in your jeep i don't know who did it i don't know somebody the door was unlocked so they just they just threw them in there it happens so uh yeah how long
1: did you have a mutual agreement to leave
0: 10 a 10 days suspension but it it? was a it was a it was a good deal for me so i went and worked and i bought a kick-ass mountain bike with my 10 days off so that's awesome it worked out well (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, you wanted to go to work. That yeah. was me, man. I never wanted to stay in school. Yeah. I wanted to just work.
0: I had a hard time in school. I mean, I did. I got through it, but I excelled in the trade in the in the shop classes. I spent as much time as I could down there.
1: You and, you Ma- were interested in it.
0: Loved it, loved it. That's where my focus was: masonry, metal shop, wood shop. Um, that's where I spent most of my time. Whatever classes I could get down there, that's where I went because that's where that's where I was interested. We
1: we need to do more of it. Sure. We really do. I mean, these these. Superintendents, these people implementing the curriculum, they could say whatever they want to say. Um, it's dying. I mean, it is. AI is coming. There's a lot of other things that are going to transform, and people are failing. And I'm a big believer that 50% of colleges over the next 20 years will be out of business. And people will look to alternative strategies. Hopefully, more vocational schools step up because we need plumbers. Sure. We need electricians. My brother in law owns Belmar Plumbing a few towns over and like, he just keeps buying new hundred thousand dollar trucks. Like every other day I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like I spent a lot of money in scale. Like you're just throwing, he's like, dude, I have so much service work. Like why not just keep adding people? Sure. Cause there's no one really to compete with them. And just think about that. Like you don't have to go to college for these great paying jobs. You can go run some heavy equipment. You know, we don't have to go through your financials, but if you had what Matt had in the bank, some of you young guys or girls watching, you know, you'd be happy with that. And I think that our country needs to get back to some of those basic foundations, that blocking and tackling, that built the strength of this country. And the curriculum and schools are not pointing people in that direction. No,
0: no, not at all. There's a big push coming for the trades. It's happening big. right yeah. now. Um, I'm working, and you know, I know some guys that are in the, you know, they, they're making a big push to bring the focus back to the trades. Um, There's a, I I I don't know the numbers offhand, but the exodus, the people retiring in the construction world and in the dirt world in the next 10 years is is staggering. We're going to be very, even more shorthanded than we already are.
1: We're we're jumping around a lot. Like, I know that all, obviously inflation, you talked about offloading some of your equipment during, you know, a high time when that stuff was priced favorable to you. Sure. But like, what is going on with the price of this equipment and stuff? Like, that's the other side of it is like. How do you expect anybody to get into this trade unless they have someone who's rolling in with 10 million dollars that they're going to bankroll them and take a shot on a young guy like and I know the rental businesses and I'm not an expert in this field but I know the rental businesses and the the heavy equipment space are growing but even that's extremely expensive. Sure.
0: It's getting tough. I mean machines it's the regulation. The the emissions reg- regulations that they're Is it putting that? on them. That has a lot to do like with it. Like the deaf and shit. The deaf, the yeah, the compliance to, to get up to the tears. Can you explain deaf? Because
1: I think it's fucking dumb. Match truck almost died on us and down the road because they had no deaf yeah. gas in there. I was
0: shit. just talking about this on my first podcast that I did last weekend. Deaf is, I don't I don't know what it is, but it's not good. You're not supposed to touch it. It's 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 very harmful to your skin, to the paint on your vehicle. And what it does is it gets injected into the exhaust as it's exiting the motor and treats it to to clean it so you're cleaning exhaust with shit that you're not supposed to touch. so we
1: can't the, touch it it's tearing the paint <laughs> off your car yeah. it will literally eat through your skin and take your soul but it's great for but the it, environment but
0: it's good because the Got government it. says so
1: almost as good as vaccines <laughs> that's right that's right especially the covid so, one so
0: yeah i mean the emit the 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 compliance is really up in the prices a um, couple years ago you could buy you could buy a triaxle dump truck for 160 to 180 depending on how you want to expect I have not bought one in two years but I'm hearing now you're talking 250 260 270 so just like that and, and then the price has prices. gone up and the fuel the fuel has been out of hand but that250,000 truck gets the same rate as that hundred thousand dollar truck from the guy that you know has had one for the past five five six seven eight years. Um, So everything's getting expensive, and it's getting harder for new guys to get into the business and get started, and even for guys that have been in the business trying to maintain equipment and
1: upgrade. Fireside's all about turning around and helping the next guy. You should start a movement in that space with your podcast. You're going to blow up. You're a good guy. You're a likable guy. Your brand is awesome, and it's going to fucking explode. And... Start this movement where these guys kind of start to almost like hold notes or do these young guy favors. Hey, I'm starting to get out the business. Old man, go retire and relax. You put in your time and almost lend the equipment, lease to buy, some type of structure. Sure. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. To help the next generation get this going. Who's going to come in? The Chinese and do it? <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah.
0: Like. That's that's an interesting concept. You're that, just going to park the dump work.
1: truck and let it fucking rot away?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. There might like, be some potential I challenge you
1: old heads, you stubborn old fucks. Matt's not saying it's <laughs> Ryan Robbins. Like, turn around to the next generation and help those guys get involved. Don't sit there and go, oh, I got my $300,000 beautiful red tandem dump truck. Like, turn around and pass that $100,000 oldie to the young guy so he can get started. Think about abundance. Don't think about I want to squash this guy because you're going to squash your industry and someone's going to come in there that we don't want in there. Sure, 100%. And, and we need to, as all business owners, we need to turn around and help people. Sure,
0: we have to reinvest in ourselves, in the community and in the country or we're gonna be in big trouble. And it, and it can start right at your community.
1: Yep. So anyway, high school, you, you don't love it, you do okay, you're doing some contract work. How'd you end up out in Montana State?
0: A buddy of mine, he had, he had a friend or new people that had gone out there and they just loved it. So I was a big skier at the time. I, let us, I spent a lot of time at the local ski mountain and uh, Montana's just got a lot going on, skiing, hiking, backpacking. I'm an outdoorsy type guy. So I applied, I was accepted and I figured, you know, I would just go and check it out. So I went out and had a great time, you know, saw a lot of Montana, a little bit of Wyoming, um, a little bit of Utah and just had a really good time. Did okay in class, You know, I I did just fine, I I got decent grades, but I I didn't know what I wanted to do. I never had any clue what I was supposed to sit there for, for four years and then come out and jump into a job. I knew I was good with my hands, I was good with construction, what I was doing at the time, so it was hard for me to sit in class and focus. And we were actually, we were supposed to pick a major, and I couldn't pick one, I was looking at, you know, being a helicopter pilot to a construction manager for a big, you know, highway company. And I you were supposed to just pick what you want to be for the rest of your life. And I just couldn't do that. Yeah, so, it's so weird. I ended up leaving after my freshman year. I wanted to stay there for the summer, but I couldn't find a job. There was nowhere to work in town in a college town where all the kids stayed. So i ended up coming home back to work. And before the next year started, I just, you know, it's, it's not for
1: me. I'm not going back. Yeah, it's it's beautiful out there by the way. It's like if country. you've never been to Montana and Utah. I've never been to Utah prior to Keaton's event in January, February, whenever that was. And like, man, was that gorgeous out there, especially with all the snow they got this year. Oh, it's amazing country. Like we were up it's in awesome. the state park riding snowmobiles, everything about it. Besides the food. The food sucks. I don't know how <laughs> Keaton got that big. Maybe he's just eating cheese doodles. But It is beautiful out there, and we got to this one um, part of the mountain where we were all the way on top, and to the right was Wyoming, to the left was Idaho, and it was just absolutely gorgeous out there. It is amazing country. It really is. I love it out there. So you come back. You come into PA, which is also beautiful. It's here on the East Coast. The topography is different. Our mountains aren't as high. But uh, it's definitely a beautiful country. Like I was down in the Pine Barrens today where we're doing the men's retreat. And uh, that's unique land, man. That's a million acres of Pine Barrens. That's a lot of woods.
0: I drove through it today, it was pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. It's just like thick trees after thick trees after thick trees. So you come back to where you you obviously grew up and what you loved. What were you doing that next year not going to college?
0: I was just working. So I was working with a buddy doing construction. We were doing mainly roofing, siding, carpentry, uh, you know, decks, addition type work. And um, we ended up, we were supposed to go and be partners. And then we ended up splitting up before that happened. He told me he didn't want to do it. So we kind of just went our separate ways. And I was working construction, but I wasn't working for myself. And when, when we parted ways, I, just got into into my own thing how know. old were you 19 at 19. the time
1: and what were you 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 know construction contracting that's so general what were you doing what mainly was
0: roofing new? we were roofing. i was work we were doing a lot of work for a roofing contractor when it was him and i working together and then when we when we split up i basically just started working for myself for that same roofing contractor so i started off as a roofer Doing some nasty, nasty shit in, in Scranton, and you know, three stories high, ten feet in between the houses, really tough, you know, brutal work, and that's how I started out. And, and where did you go from there? We, I think we, you know, went from roofing to light carpentry stuff. You know, build a deck, do a, a small addition, a small garage, and we just kind of kept working our way up from there. Um, eventually. You know, I need to dig a footing for a garage, uh, so I would I would rent the machine and, and dig, it, dig it for myself instead of hiring out an excavator. And then, you know, one thing leads to another, and you buy we buy our own machine, and then we start doing that work for other people. So yeah. that's
1: how you kind of morphed into the site work.
0: Stepping stones. Everything yeah. just kind of kept going, you know.
1: Did you ever think, you know, giving a nugget to the young viewer, do you ever think maybe you should have just delegated and hired the excavator, or hired the dozer, or, and and just stay in your lane, or do you feel that that led you down the path to where you are today?
0: I did that in the beginning. I definitely did that, I didn't have the experience, the knowledge, the equipment, so I would hire people. And then I think it was, not wanting to rely on them or be let down. You know, if they don't, you know, if the excavator doesn't show up and he's and he's four days late, well then your mason's pissed off because he couldn't start when you told him he had to, and then it, the snowball effect. So I think it was a lot of wanting to control the jobs ourselves and do them in our time frame. Plus, um, you know, I'm a bit aggressive. I always wanted to do more. I wanted to expand. I wanted to add on more services. And you know, why why just do X, if you can do X, Y, and Z, you know, and, and take that income as well. So I think in a lot of ways it worked out very well for me. We were very, when I sold everything off last year, we had a very diverse operation. Um, but at other, you know, at times the diversity was awesome. It was great, it kept us rolling, always kept us busy. But at other times it became tough to manage and, and staff in, in certain areas. So there's pros and cons to it for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it as different levers Sure. So if, if maybe building a home was slow at that time, but site work for whatever reason in the commercial space was hot, you know, you pull that lever, right? I, I, I believe in buckets of money. Sure. You know, as things change, each bucket of money has different ways it earns a rate of return, different ways it's taxed or accessible. So, you know, you pull that lever when the things change and shift. Sure. And that's what diversity helps you. But it does become difficult when outside factors you can't see come into play, sure. like, a, like, a, like a pandemic
0: pandemic yeah or you get too busy with everything you know if one thing was designed to, to help carry you through the slow times and the the first operation and then they're both busy well then you're hiring people and then you know the, the cycle you know the cycle just kind of snowballs but there's a lot of factors you can't control
1: so you end up then getting a plant where you were crushing concrete crushing rock crushing rock yep and you were doing site work still bought yourself a couple nice pieces of property so you go and you're doing the construction and then the development excavating work the dirt work I call it for another 10 years at one point did you start to say hey I don't know if I want to be in this forever and what's something else that I could do
0: I never didn't want to be in it it kind of just a series of events that got me out of it So the idea for the app, Triaxle, came up in 2010. I saw a need back then. We needed a better way to network clean fill locally in Northeast PA. So that's how the idea started.
1: Explain that for people who don't know what the hell clean fill means. So clean fill is
0: material, dirt, anything that you excavate from one site and you can't redistribute or level off on that site. You have to move it out and haul it to another location and get rid of it because you simply can't store it on that site. There's no room. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't, if you're on a residential lot and you you excavate for a basement, there's simply, in a lot of cases, there's nowhere for you to grade that material off and spread it out on site. So you have to haul it it out and find a dump site for it. So in Northeast PA, dump sites are, you know, people that are looking to expand parking lots. Uh, A farmer out in the country that, you know, just wants to level an area off the side of the road um, they they come in all shapes sizes different different forms um, so my initial idea was to network people locally because every time you move even 10 miles away trucking that material is costly so if you have to haul that material 15 miles to the only site that you know about it can be expensive and it's a lot more expensive than if you knew about one that was three miles in the other direction that you never heard about it could save you a ton of time so i gotta stop you for a second
1: sure so You're not talking about, like, going to a plant that's a designated area for dumping fill. And I know that there's some of those. You're talking about the random farmer Joe who wants to make sure that his road is not sinking in because he had some river run through it. Or Johnny with the farm that wants to build up, you know, a parking lot area for his pole barn. Sure.
0: For commercial properties, you know.
1: So random people that need fill at random times.
0: Correct. Yes. So, like... In, in certain parts of the country and the world, there's designated sites where you take it to. You pay to drop it off. They spread it out, they hold it, and then if a big project in the area comes up and they need a bunch of it, well then they they pull it back out and they redistribute it. But in, in Northeast PA, a lot of it is simply just taking it to a location that could use it, that would want it, wants a bigger parking lot, wants to flatten out their yard.
1: So they need to know who's who has it? Yeah, who has, you know, has it it's, and it's, who it, needs it. It's
0: networking. Who, who, it's, it's needs and haves. Somebody needs it. Somebody has it. How do you bring them together? So that was the initial idea. And I, I never did anything with it for a long time. I just sat on it. I'm not a tech guy. I figured somebody else would come up with it at some point. And as time went on and, and it became more frustrating, it never happened. I really started thinking like, all right, if, if this isn't out there and, and it's not available, then maybe I can do it. So it was a very slow process to get it off the ground and, and convince myself that, that I could actually do it. Um, and then, you know, the app evolved from, from clean fill to we network anything and everything in the construction industry on the business, on the app.
1: Listen, when, when there's a problem and you have a solution. Sure. You know, that's, that's something you can monetize.
0: Absolutely. So yep.
1: talk a little bit more about the other features that the app has. Obviously, you know, someone out in eastern PA, Looking for Phil. He can get on there and say, "Hey guys, I'm looking for Phil." Poop. It goes out to a bunch of dirt movers. They know they could take it there. Talk about you doing maybe an out-of-state job, working with some other contractors. You're needing to connect with somebody you don't know in the area. Sure.
0: The nice thing about the app is we're we're kind of doing the work of Google, Yellow Pages, Facebook, um, word of mouth. So if you're if you're a contractor, you know a lot of guys. There's a lot of big firms. They'll come from Colorado to Northeast PA to build a CVS. They won that, they do a lot of work for these chains and they follow them around the country. So you can go into our app before you leave your office in Colorado and you can find your concrete subcontractor, your site work guy, your trucking company, your quarry, your asphalt plant. And in a lot of parts of the country that's not all available yet because we're just starting to build the network. We just launched this January 4th, but the vision and the dream is Anything and everything in the business that you need or have can be networked on the app. And we also have a pretty cool and very easy and powerful construction calculator for doing concrete takeoffs, asphalt estimates, cubic yardage, square footage. And we have a project management tool called Job Sites where you can actually create a job site for a specific project and bring your team members into that and communicate with them. You can put in pictures of the project, PDFs and blueprints, anything related to that job, you put in the documents section and everything is stored under that particular job. So you don't have to go searching your your uh, group text messages for communication from four weeks ago or finding a picture of a pipe that you buried that you have to get to. You just go into that job and boom, it's all right there. So, yeah, we're, so- we're, we're building a network, but we're, we're also incorporating tools into it
1: and those are the years of experience that are in your head of these problems you ran into sure. and said hey this would be really cool i'm actually looking to build an app out for the pit 2.0 awesome and um it's crazy you get like a menu list you know like you go to a restaurant and it's like hey you want steak you want liver you want this this that sure it's the same thing with an app i want to dive a little bit deeper into your app and kind of the technology behind it i know you're not a tech guy but i'm sure you've learned a lot you're smart I want to talk about that because i'm interested because yep. i'm looking to build this app. i've been learning taking a quick break in the podcast i want to talk about the pit 2.0 what is the pit 2.0 it's made up of a huge network of people across all different industries that are solving problems creating solutions and also bringing together a lot of marketing and sales idea if you want to get into a pit group like this it's very inexpensive 147 a month if you want to learn more about it check out the links and the information below I want to dive into the app a little bit and then dive into like how you're marketing this besides social media and really how we get your word out. Because as I learn more, I'm a guy that I think is pretty smart. It makes a ton of sense. Talk about building the app. And again, I don't need you to go talk technical terms or start talking code because you're going to lose me anyway and probably lose most of the viewers. I won't even get there. Yeah. (laughs) So when you first set out on building this app, what was your vision of it? in its entirety. I know you talked about some of the tools and some of that prior to going the break, but your overall vision for it.
0: The overall vision was a lot smaller than what it is now. So my in- initial idea was a local network in Northeast PA start out as a website as a means to, to network CleanFill. And then eventually that grew into nationwide networking CleanFill. And then when my brother Doug, who is my partner, came on, he brought an outside perspective that I didn't have. I had tunnel vision. I was in the business. I knew, you know. What does
1: Doug do? Why isn't he here?
0: So he, he lives in Alaska. Uh, pff, so. We're going to see Doug. <laughs> we'll go out and hang out with him. Alaska. Yeah, we do. I go Montana's there. You think Montana's great? Alaska's a beautiful country. It's amazing out there. So um, what was Doug doing? So Doug, so he works for a flight medic company. So he moved out to Alaska. He was a paramedic. Flying patients on the planes, and now he's now he's in the offices running running the day to days with some bases. I don't know his exact title, but he's like a director of operations out there. He um, needs to
1: hook up with our buddy who runs these fat tire trucks for the oil companies into rural areas they can't get to for medevacs. That's a
0: lot of what they do. That's yeah. what they do. They do you know emergency stuff in the remote areas via plane and helicopter, but they also do a lot of transports. They'll take people from anchorage down to seattle for medical procedures and, and bring them back up it's a pretty big company pretty big operation
1: that's crazy
0: so he's got a lot of business sense logistics. And, um, logistics and you know management skills you know i was i was i had a construction you know related business with with under 20 employees and and he's doing a whole different different thing um, so he, he got involved and he kind of opened up my eyes and made, made me think about it more. And we worked through it together and realized like it's, it's a lot more than, than what I had initially envisioned. It's a lot more than just fill. It's, it's anything and everything in the industry. You can network, you're already building an app. You're building a map based network. Why stop at the, the clean fill side? There was so much more to it. And that's how we ended up getting to where we did was me and him teaming up my industry knowledge with his outside perspective and him pulling information out of me and saying, well, what about this? What about that? And, and eventually it, it turned into a, a, a very broad structure.
1: As people talk on, on my podcast, I get ideas. So my EDD jumps around. <laughs> but there's a gentleman, I won't say his name, him and his brother work for defense contractors. And essentially, let's just say if they were going to kill a high value target in my home, they would fly like Cessna planes above my house. And I do see him sometimes, and sometimes I think, like, is it, is it his brother? And uh, they build maps. So let's just say they were coming in on Blackhawks and SEAL Team 6 was going to jump out, and uh, God forbid they can't take off in the helicopters. They needed their own mapping system of how you get out of there and another exit strategy. It's very high-tech. Like, that is a good dude, I think, for you to hook up with. All right, sure. Yeah, I, and, and I will make that connection tomorrow. Please remind me. That'd be great. Um just thinking about mapping. and Is geofencing in your app? Not yet, not, not yet. yet,
0: but we have different ideas in a roadmap, map, um, so that may get incorporated at some point.
1: Yeah, I think that's super powerful. Sure, 100%. Um, so you then say, I have this plant, I'm crushing rock, I got a construction company, I'm moving dirt, right? Matt Vincent says we gotta move dirt every day, whether yep. you're the spoon or you got tobacco. Yep. When was the switch to say I'm going and building this app with this vision I have
0: so I really started digging into it pr- Probably around like 2018. I decided I want to do it around 2015 said all right. I'm gonna do it drag my feet Just kind of took forever get get the the wheels in motion 2018 2019 really started brainstorming with my local website guy and I was going to do it just as a, a side gig. That you know, wood you got is nice. It's nice shit, isn't it? That's good shit. <laughs> that's, the, that's good stuff. <laughs> um, so it was always, good. initially, it was just going to be something I was going to do locally. So I wasn't giving up my other businesses. Um, 2021, we started off the season and it just became the most hectic season I ever had. I had a couple good guys that were supposed to be leave, running operations for me they left last minute, like right when the season started. And I had spent that whole winter planning to really be more of like the operations manager. I've been working on site, in equipment, on the paver, in trucks, my entire career. I always ran my business from a cell phone while being one of the guys on the Don't site. do most
1: contractors
0: really? They do, they do. And it's 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 the way it gets done a phone's lot. phone's
1: just going all day long.
0: Yep, but I really, I was at the point with all of our diff, different operations. We were crushing rocks, screening topsoil, selling landscape supplies, paving, doing excavation work and, and building docks. Um, I got to the point where I really should have been managing all of those businesses. And I realized that, I just had a hard time letting go. And I finally- Because
1: you enjoyed the work.
0: I did like the work. And I liked making sure it all got done to my standards in the way I wanted it to get done. And
1: Nugget. This is a nugget on the back of Matt's, you know, it was a little bit of a, a learning lesson. Sure. Right. It was a learning curve that we all need to do and I run into them all the time. But in business, a lot of times, all different types of industries, we want things to be to our standards, but no one's ever going to treat our business the way that we will, ever. And if you want to scale, you want to grow a sales team, you want to hire employees, you're never going to be or have people who treat it the same way that you will. And if you don't delegate and elevate, you're gonna end up in a situation where you're working too much in the business and not on it and that was something that you ran into. I'm
0: sure. That's what I was doing hundred percent. And I finally got over that. I finally talked myself into letting go. You know, I, I had very high quality standards. We have a phenomenal reputation in town, that our work was always great, it was always what we said it would be. And I never wanted that to drop that, off. To drop off. So I stayed in it. But I finally talked myself into managing the business. And that was the plan. And I I spent my entire winter of, I guess it would have been 2020, going into 21, planning for that and structuring my bidding process to streamline it. I was going to start selling more work, really start building it up. And right in the beginning of the season, things kind of fell apart. One of my good guys that was going to run the paving operation left last minute. He was the guy. Oh, you were
1: doing paving too.
0: We were doing paving and excavating. Yeah. So he left and left us shorthanded on the crew. That's a tough
1: business. Yeah. Did you talk to Trevor? He was in the paving biz. I didn't know that. Yeah. No. I knew he was. His, hauling. his his old guys is rocking out here in Jersey. All right, cool. You need to connect with him too. Yeah.
0: So we were so so when he left, we were shorthanded. I didn't have anybody qualified to complete the work that we had lined up and I, I had to do it. So my plan of, you know, being the boss and running around and managing all the operations before the <laughs> season, season even started, it went to shit. And I had to put the work boots back on jump on the paver, help the crew You know, get the jobs done. And then I had another guy quit right after that, and went and worked for the first guy that left, so that was interesting. So that year just became extremely hectic. Let's, I was, t- let's
1: talk about that real quick. A good leader wants to train up somebody below him to take over his job. Sure. That's what great leaders say. But a lot of times, especially in the contracting business, because I have a lot of blue collar workers. In training the finance- your competition. Yeah, you're training your competition, man. Like that's yep. such a hard thing, and I think most of us need to understand if you can find a loyal dog, and I mean that by no, you know, demeaning way. Sure. But if you can find somebody who's going to stay with you through the thick and thin, even if they're a slightly less talented, they're going to take a little bit longer to train up. That poor that person will stay loyal to you. Um, I think more of us need to start to look to that because you want people to go out. You don't want to stop that guy from, if you wanted to own a business. No, I right? want
0: everybody to be successful and do what they feel they need to do but for themselves. You
1: work your tail off. You have him on your equipment, and he's beating it down. Sure, You're paying him a payroll. You're putting him health insurance. You're taking care of his family. And boom, now the guy's out, and he's your main competition and stole for your customers that you just were working with yeah
0: yeah it happens i mean that specific scenario didn't exactly happen but i'm can, talking in of, general oh sure but it happens all the time i mean a lot of the guys a lot of the guys that you talk to in the construction business they're like i'm sick of hiring my future competition that's what i've done for 40 years is you you get these guys to where they know something and then and then they're not making what they want to be making and then they go and next thing you know two years later you're bidding against them you know how do you think how do you think you
1: keep them there if you were to give any young guy that was in your position five years ago how do you keep that person
0: well i mean obviously it comes down to how you treat them you know how how you treat them and how you compensate them you know maybe i didn't treat them the best maybe i you know i tried to be good at i tried to be you know a good boss sometimes i became too you know we became friends with a lot of the people that you're working with and then you have that that line there between boss and friendship, which gets a little sticky too. So they know
1: personal stuff. It comes down
0: to how you treat them and in compensation. You know, um, we're in you know in a residential mainly mainly a residential gig, and you know there's certain rates that you can pay your guys to, to be profitable in what you do. So it comes down to that, and you know if they can find another opportunity for a little bit more, you know they'll they'll jump on it. Yeah, you know? that's so what it is. You can't over you can't pay somebody what you want to pay them you have to pay them what you can afford to pay them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you know exactly what that exact number is? Well, you know, obviously you want it to be, you know, in your favor so, you know, you can put some money in the bank and keep them rolling, but they want to get as much as they can. So, it's a, it's a tough thing. But, you know, I think how you how you treat people will ultimately help retain you know, talent and, and people more than maybe that extra buck or two an hour. You know, they want to work somebody, they want to work somewhere where they enjoy going to work and somebody that they enjoy working for. So and I feel like
1: hours, dropping the kids off at school, yeah. as they show up a little you know, bit
0: later. I feel like I had guys in, in the past that, you know, appreciated what I did and, and liked working for me, and other guys, that we just, just didn't work for them. They, they didn't, yeah. you know, they didn't. So,
1: yeah, I, I could totally understand it. I'm, I'm looking right now as I grow this you know, enterprise, I call it a fireside, Ryan, you know, I could go crush in the vertical of financial services. And it's kind of dumb of me not to, because I'm very good at it. And I can grow that out with my branding and marketing. But I'm not going to create good culture. Because like, I'm just not somebody to, to manage somebody else that's not working, right? I could coach you all day long. Right, you're coming in as a coaching client or Trevor's coming in as a coaching client or whoever it may be, like I'm very good at that because you're not directly affecting my pocket. Sure. But I'm the type of person that I'm a little bit OCD with how you operate. Again, going back to no one's gonna do the same work that you do, that I need to be removed from it. I need to not see it. Right. And uh, that's kind of a tough sure. phase that yeah. I'm going through right now. Who runs that for me? How do I do that? Do I trust the person running it? Sure. It's, uh, these are the things that you run into in business. I took us off track. So you start to say, damn, I, I'm, I'm wearing so many hats. I got a paving. I got a landscape yard, excavating, construction. Yep. When it know, was and then boom, COVID.
0: Boom, COVID. And actually, COVID, you know, when COVID first hit, I we were putting up our new building at the time. You know, spending a ton of money to put up, you know, our dream shop, you know, three-bay shop warehouse with the retail space offices. Steel. Steel building, yep. And uh, who built it? We did. We were a dealer for them. We put it up ourselves. We did it in between jobs. So to build took mine? Us. I'm out of the business. Can't <laughs> help you. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> um, just like that.
0: Just like that. Just like that. So 2020, we, I, I thought I was going to lose it all. You know, it was all gloom and doom, and everything was going to shit, and the world was going to end. And we ended up having the busiest year ever. You know, we did great. 2018, 19, 20. Um, they were some really good years for us. Everything was going well, and then 2021, it just shifted. You know, the the guy that left started his own business. Saw how busy everybody was. Thought he could do it himself. Is doing it himself. Um, and other people left, and it just it just got to be a lot. So I was fo- I was looking ahead at the app, and I really have a, a a vision for this, and I think it can do something really great, you know, nationwide, and then eventually worldwide. So I'm looking at what I have in front of me with the app, and then I'm looking at all the the hecticness and the chaos. Stress. And the stress, I had never, 2021. Two kids I at had home, beautiful wife. N- never been more stressed in my life. I had never been more stressed. I was working my ass off. I felt like I was just spinning my wheels. I was running a paver, you know, going to the office at 5.30 in the morning, you know, working, working, trying to catch up on some paperwork, then running out with the crew, paving, then going back to the office, then trying to get home and see my kids before they go to bed and get some rest, go to sleep and get up and do it all over again you know, six days a week, it was burning me out. And uh, it will. when it was good, it was good. But when it started unwinding, it unraveled. And i it was just, it was a lot. It was very hectic. So the app in front of me, all these other things, you know, really pulling at me and taking a lot. And that was when I realized in, in the fall of 2020, I said, you know what? Paving and excavating we're done. We're not doing anymore because that was where I had to be a lot We never just just we just didn't have the right staff going forward and I didn't want to go out and hire a bunch of guys knowing that my vision was the app and not knowing that like I'm very honest with people and if I don't think I can give you a good future and and I have something sustainable for you. I'm not going to pull you in just for a short-term 6-month yeah, one. You got hungry
1: eyes looking at you. Yeah. yeah, they're looking for the upward mobility.
0: Yeah. So knowing that I that the triaxle was coming around, I didn't feel like I should be going out and, and trying to build back up what we had going on and then maintain it. So paving and excavating in the fall of, of 21, I uh, decided, you know, for the next year we wouldn't do it anymore. That would free me up and that would give me more time. And then as time went on, last spring, I decided, you know, our crushing operation very demanding, very high overhead. We were actually doing pretty good. We started making some money at it, and uh, it was just it was just a lot. So I just slowly kind of started, you know, working some of these operations out, selling equipment. The market was hot. Good time to good time to get out. So I saw that too. Need capital to fund the app. So that's kind of how I, I started going that route and, and deciding, you know, what now if I was ever going to do it, now is the time to cash out. Put the money in the bank and and have some working capital for the app, so we can fund that. Give myself a paycheck, you know, for a while while we work on this, and and not have to go out and rely on VC
1: money. I got to stop you. So I always talk about the end goal. So Ryan's end goal is based on what myself, Kelly, my wife, and we desire as a couple for my family. If I can help people in the in the meantime and make money, that's a win-win. Sure. But that isn't just in the financial services lane. I've shown over three years, I'm like a Swiss army knife or a monkey wrench. I could be multifaceted. I could do many different things. Sure. So I'll never give up my financial services business because I promised a lot of my clients that I have that I would be here with them until they retire. And I will be. Um, but sometimes we have to hit that switchback on the mountain to get to the top. But then the next switchback, then the next switchback. Sure. You aren't done with your goals what you want and and you desire with your beautiful family is still out there you just were done with that season of your life and a lot of times we have to know when you talk about knowing that equipment was hot and you weren't fully in it in your heart and soul sure you got to know when it's time to adapt and if you don't adapt you're going to die sure talk about you know the the heartstrings that are pulled on there the back and forth in your mind, right? Cuz it's you loved it. Oh, and you yeah. still see that you love the work. Yeah. And you're still in the work just from a different capacity. Sure. Talk about that struggle mentally.
0: Well, it was tough. I mean, I spent I started off in construction at 16. By 19, unofficially like, you know, not legally, at 19 I was running my own business. Allegedly. It was another what's that? Allegedly. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it was my life. It was a lifestyle. It wasn't a job, I, it was it was my life. And I finally got, my, my plan was to invest heavily until I was 40, and I was, I was getting there. I was gonna invest heavily until I was 40. I was buying, you know, buying land, you know, buying equipment, you know. Just you doing it. constantly reinvesting. I wasn't taking much. I never had a Corvette. I wasn't like out buying, you know, all these elaborate toys and lake houses. I was reinvesting in my business. And my plan was working, and then plans, you know, things just kind of went in different directions. Then so,
1: Fauci got on the fucking pulpit.
0: Yeah, and it—you um, had to pivot, and I had to. It was tough because I spent so long. I finally got to the point where I wanted to be. After all these years, I was like, man, we're doing it. We're here. This is the, all the grind, like all the. Blood, sweat, and tears, the seven days a week working, missing vacations, missing family stuff, not going out with my friends, not going out to golf outings. It was finally all paying off, and then life had other plans, and it went a different way. So it was tough to let go, but also to realize everything I've ever done has been a stepping stone to something else. I started off as a roofer. That gave me the the knowledge and the motivation and the, and the funding to invest in more tools to start doing carpentry work. And then that allowed us to, to purchase our own skid steer to do you know, our own retaining wall and excavation work. And then that led to people hiring us to do it for them. So everything kind of snowballed and it was all a stepping stone and just building and reinvesting. And then to very quickly over the course of a year, turn around and kind of offload a lot of that and sell it. It was tough, but I know it's the right thing. I feel like what I've learned with my diverse operation over 20 years has helped me design an app that only somebody with with my experience, my background could do. Tech guys in Silicon Valley cannot build triaxle. They Mm. can build what they think we want, but they can't build what a
1: contractor would actually want. And you were at the event someone said in their in their speech life happens for you not to you sure so what was happening for you has led you to this next season of your life which sure. you you're going to absolutely crush i love everything about it i don't see a way that it doesn't work so jumping into the app cuz i you know was asking you a bunch of different questions you know what's it like building an app because i want to do it now for the coaching group and you know it's it's not an expensive ticket sure um it's also another risk so you're kind of going to start to yeah you're able to offload some assets and you have some property so you're not going to not pay the bills but still it's a fairly large investment for something that is a slow build you're giving that app away for free right now yep so talk about all that
0: it's uh it's a frustrating process for anybody that is not very technically, you know, knowledgeable and, and savvy like myself. I'm a construction guy. I crushed rocks, screened dirt, sold materials. Um it was a whole another ball game for me. I don't understand what these guys are talking about when they're quoting me and they're going to do code this X, code that. You know, yeah, it's just it's just not my thing. Anything that I had done in the past, I knew what I was talking about. I knew what I was doing and if I didn't know it I had somebody that I could trust that I could rely on, say, hey, how can I how can I solve this problem on this site? You know, what would you do? But in this game, I was totally blind. My brother, he's he's very smart when it comes to technology and, and he's the you know, he's the the computer guy in the family, so he knows he knows a lot more than I do. But still, it was a leap of faith in relying on the company that we went with to to do what they said they were gonna do and, and give us the product. So it's a leap of faith to to work with this company to do that, but also it's a huge leap of faith to know, you know, that my vision is is going to work and pay off. I just sold off all of my my income, all my tools that that made me a living for all these years. I sold them off, and I'm all in on this app. And uh, it's it's definitely you know it's a big pivot, but I can feel it, and I know it's going to work.
1: All in, all, all in, all in. I hear it. And every successful guy in my coaching group, every guy that I pay for coaching, every, you know, business mentor I've ever had, it's, it's, it's all in. And it starts with your vision. Sure. And uh, you have to be a driver with that and you have to believe in it. And then you have to get others to believe in that vision. And you not only were believing it, you were now talking to these tech gurus saying, hey, man, I got to, like, put some dirt from here to over there. And they're going, like. Huh, like talk a little bit more about that process with the tech building guys
0: trying to Get my vision Across to them. It, it can be tough. It can be roadblocks. They're hyper focused on on What they do and, and they don't know my world and I don't know their world So trying to come to that happy Me in meeting, the middle meet in the middle, you know, it's it's tough and the the company that we went with you know, they ended up getting it done and they delivered an awesome product but we were button heads for a while there in the middle and, and towards the end the product wasn't what we felt they quoted us and we, it wasn't your vision it wasn't my vision and we ended up agreeing that you know i was right and that they you know they weren't producing the you know what we wanted so they ended up coming through and they got it done and i give them credit that's admirable for that. Yeah, they did it, and they and they came. Listen, we're not
1: perfect. All business but, owners fuck up.
0: Oh yeah, but they they followed through. So that that meant a lot, and that you know that says a lot about them as a company and the, the people. You know, it, it, it they, they followed through and they got it done.
1: Talk talk to so a Mike Bucino I know or a Dan Rack I know, and they're they're moving Phil, and they're playing with heavy equipment. Talk to that guy right now or girl that's running that type of a, of a operation what your app actually does kind of break it down in a couple different areas
0: well what it does i mean ultimately it brings transparency and visibility to to your world to what you're doing to the materials you're moving so for example you know clean fill now is just one part of what the app does but it was the original idea so the ways of moving that in the past you got to call a buddy you got to go on facebook and make a post you've got to you know, just drive. Literally, I used to drive around town. If I was working, if I was going to a town 10, 15 minutes away. You were
1: looking for a sign out in front of the farm. I was
0: looking for a frigging sign. I was yeah. driving around towns at night. I see those still. When they I need to do, get on triax, I should be home, like, hanging out with my kids, having dinner. I'm driving around because the next day we got to dump, you know, 20 loads of dirt. And I got to know where I'm taking it. And sometimes that drive produced a, a site and other times it didn't. So what we're doing now is no more driving around no more making posts on facebook you simply go on triaxle you search clean fill and every post related to clean fill in your area pops up right then and there the, now,
1: are you seeking them out? Or are they coming and seeking you
0: out because you're marketing
1: to their area?
0: Well, we're marketing to, you know, we're, we're marketing, we're taking our marketing slow for now. We're building up our social and we're also, you know, our app is V1. It's beta. We're still working out bugs. We're still testing it. So we don't, as much as we would love to have a million users on today, I don't want a million users on today. Uh-huh. I want to build slowly over this year and, and get the bugs worked out. And then once we know we have it dialed in, then we're really gonna crush the marketing and and send it out further than what we're doing. But it brings visibility. So clean fill is just one thing. Um, You know, you're going to a new town. You don't know what's, you know, the resources over there. You can find your porta potty company on there. Find the local concrete company, the the asphalt plant, the quarry. Um, You know, find a a company that you can rent uh, flagging, you know, safety people. Anything and everything in the business is now being put on Triaxle. So and, and we have a lot of work to do. We're just starting to build the network. Kind of
1: like that one-stop shop. It's
0: one-stop shop.
1: Now, you know, let's just say you're in New Jersey, you want to get on there, and you're a flagging company, mm-hmm. right? They can reach out to you for free, and essentially, you'll put that business right now. They
0: don't even have to reach out. You don't have to call us. You just go on. You go to your um, app store. You just go into your app store, Google Play, and on iOS, and you just search Triaxle. You download it, and in five minutes, you have yourself a profile, and you're up and running, and you can see what everybody else is doing. We're, the, we're trying to make it as simple and as easy and as painful a, as possible. You're
1: talking to contractors. We're talking they to contractors. They, the don't want,
0: they don't want to deal <laughs> with a bunch of shit. Even me. I don't want to sit at a computer and fumble around. You know, a lot of people are like, who the hell are you building an app? Like you're not even that technically savvy, you know?
1: I'm gonna do a whole bit on, uh, you know, you should have a vision and then hire people to execute. Yeah. A lot of times we wanna like try to figure it out ourselves. Sure. Like, I, I, I knew
0: are, I was never gonna build an app. Yeah, I not- hired people to do it, but I had the vision. Um, so the goal is just to streamline it, simplify it, get, you know, get done with your day quicker, get home to your families. You know, it doesn't have to be so hard. The technology is powerful and it's out there Huge. now and we're 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 how did wanna... uber
1: start you know someone yeah. needed a ride someone wanted to drive like sure you know that's you know someone needs fill someone wants to dump fill Yep. you know someone needs a contractor in the area to help because they're not from the area someone else is hiring so i i mean to me it makes all the sense in the world and then you're adding all of these great tools inside of it that are very complex and not yep. inexpensive to build
0: Yeah, so we're adding project management tools where you can very simply and very easily create a job site and communicate with your employees, your vendors, your subcontractors in that specific job site. You can upload all your project photos, blueprints, PDFs into it. So, you know, every job that you have can have a specific um, tag and you keep all of that documentation under there. So, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've I need to go back and find a specific specific photo for a pipe that we buried and had to relocate, you know, six months ago. So I'm scrolling through my phone, looking for that job. Then to find that picture, you know, it's annoying now with triaxle. You just simply, you create the job site. Every photo that you want to put into that is there and it's categorized. Sounds like Slack, right? It is kind of, it's similar to Slack. We use Slack to communicate with our team and it is similar to that, yeah. And it's just it's just simple and easy. We don't, you know, it's an app and a lot of guys in construction don't, aren't ready to adapt technology. But we'll be tr- forced to. They're gonna have to if they're gonna wanna keep up because their competitors downloading it and they're using it, they're gonna mm-hmm. have to. But we tried to make it as user friendly as possible and I think we did a good job with that.
1: Will you always keep it free to download a profile and add yourself to it?
0: That's the vision for now, yeah. The goal yeah. is to keep the network free and you pay us for the tools if you find them useful. And with the network, that gives us advertising power, you know, with some of the big players in the game that would like to advertise on it and are already, you know, pursuing us for that. So the goal is, or the the plan is for now, network-free, come on in, communicate, collaborate, and then we'll charge a subscription for some of the tools and we'll make some money off the advertising that we put in.
1: So you talked about family. This is allowing you, especially since offloading all that stress and and all those different divisions – You know, not that you're not hustling, you have launched a podcast. What's your podcast called, by the
0: way? Right now it's The Triaxle Podcast, but we're holding the contest for somebody to name it something more unique than The Triaxle Podcast, so see what you can come up with. Move dirt. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them them are taken. I did a lot of searches when I was coming up with some names, and surprisingly, a lot of them are taken. They're not even necessarily, like, you know, in my exact field, but
1: yeah, so if you come up with something. I'm going to come up with something pretty creative that way
0: but it's giving me freedom is, yeah. is what it's doing so. i saw
1: your son on on your instagram he was down in the woods you got a pretty good amount of acreage at your personal residence and he was moving around a mini excavator i'm sure you kept some fun tools for yourself yeah we your kept house. a couple
0: of things you have to
1: and uh like that's joy man i think the the goal for everybody who hops into business ownership entrepreneurship is to get to a certain goal. Don't get me wrong. People want to have nice cars and Lambos and do all that stuff, and that's cool. You know, if that's what drives you and that's what brings joy to you. Um, a lot of different long- love languages. Sure. Uh, but for me, it's just creating that time and memory. And there's always a balance of like, all right, I could keep acquiring companies, I could keep going bigger, deeper, but you know, at the end of the day, someone like yourself, myself, you want to spend more time with your family. And the move that you made has allowed that. So, whether you know it or not, you already had a huge win. Sure, you know, 100%. your son's nine years old, and what's your other? And my daughter Emma's seven. Seven. Yeah. So this is a great se-
0: time in their lives, and and like you said, what did you say? Life is happening to, to you, you or for you. So yeah, not to you. that hectic year that I was having, looking back, it was happening for me. Yeah. It as crazy as everything got. It forced me to make a decision and it made me decide, all right, you've got to give this up to go to go with the triaxle vision. Tough just, situations always come anymore. from ahead. But if I didn't have that push and I didn't, you know, maybe if I didn't have that hectic year, I would have tried to do triaxial and my other operations, and then they all would have fallen apart because I would have been way I would have been spread way shot. too thin. So it happened for me, forced me to make the decision. I did. And now I'm still hustling, still working, but you know, not nearly as crazy as it was. Some days I'm sitting at my desk going, huh, "What should I do now?" <laughs> you know? yeah. I never had that luxury, but now, you know, I can take off with the kids, and we can we can go camp an extra day, and I don't have to worry about it. I can work from my phone. I can I can pretty much work from a laptop or an iPad and my phone almost anywhere now. So now that gives me the freedom. I love the I love seeing the country. I traveled the country a lot when I was younger, and now I can do that again and with your can, kids
1: and with your with your with, wife with
0: my kids, yeah, with the family. So it's it's all about freedom and making you know sacrifices to to gain freedom elsewhere. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's a whole new chapter. It's a it's a pivot from what I've done for all these years, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can do with it. And we have big plans. We think it's going to really do great things. And uh, you know, the freedom that comes along with it is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, freedom is is, is options. Uh, I've always thought about freedom as freedom. You know, what does that mean to you? Um, you know, everybody can go down the list of what America was built on. Rob Bailey put it into better context for me over the last couple months. He was like, freedom is options. Yep. Something a mentor of him taught options to go camping with the kids, options to not go to work today or not. Sure. Um, we're only here for one life. Um, you know, unless you believe you're reincarnated to a dog or a donkey or something
0: else, <laughs> I'm gonna make the most of this one. So yeah, I don't know I'm, about that stuff. Yeah,
1: I don't know about that stuff either, man. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go all in and, and try to create the, the best life that I, I, I can accomplish, sure, and obtain. So kind of rolling this to an end, I like to ask two questions. Okay. Um, first is. Um, if you could tell any young entrepreneur, young Matt Williams, young Evan, Ryan, Trevor, any of these guys here, what's the one thing you would tell them when it comes to owning a business or being an entrepreneur?
0: Go with your gut. Go with your heart. Do what you do. What you think is right. Don't look at what everybody else is doing. Yeah, block do, out the noise. Block out the noise. Do what suits you, right or wrong. You know, you got to do what you want to do.
1: You know, there's a you know. lot of naysayers when you do things. When I launched this podcast, I had a lot of naysayers. You had a lot of naysayers. Matt, what the hell are you doing launching an app? Sure. And uh, it will probably be a very successful app in your space. Second question, you know, you're know, you a PA guy. I'm obviously here in Jersey. The world is way more connected than it's ever been because of social media and, and digital infrastructure. Yep. So it could be out in your area. It could be guys you met at the event. But give you know two shout-outs to some people you want to give love to. Obviously, you talked about the company that built you the app, and uh, you know, give us a couple more.
0: Okay, uh, I guess my brother Doug. It's been phenomenal working with him on this app. You know, we've always, for a long time, we weren't really close because he was doing his thing and I was doing mine. So, uh, I think it's, I think it's been really awesome to to be working with him again. We were we were pretty, although we were brothers and we battled a lot when we were younger. We were still pretty close, and then we kind of went our separate ways as we grew up and in high busy. school. Yeah, he came around. Um, so shout out to him it's been fun working with him and then another one I mean ah, there's a lot of good people in my life I didn't do this without without I guess the other one probably be my mother Nancy she's the one that pushed me when that guy bailed on our partnership she's the one that pushed me that I could do it and she's been around for a lot she's actually my office manager for the past 12 years or so she came to Help me get my books straightened out one day and get me organized, and here we are, twelve years later, and she's book still sucks, here. Don't they? It's terrible. It's yeah, terrible. It's, I'd, be, I'd be lost without her. She's
1: fractional CFOs is becoming a major thing for small businesses, and uh, it's because you know forecasting twelve week cash flows, like all those types of terminologies. You could be like, I'm a finance guy, and I, again, I'm a high level positioning of money guy, not a you know forecasting of cash flow guy. Sure. And uh, cash flow is everything. And when it comes to business, you got to have somebody who's a good bookkeeper.
0: I, I just I didn't do the books very well. And yeah. I never did. Actually, my buddy's father, uh, Mike, he came over and helped me for many, many years, helped me helped me keep my books in order. Like, I knew what my bank balance was in my head, but my yep. QuickBooks was 400000 yep. Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Because I just didn't touch it. I'm like, eh, whatever, I don't need that. Yep. It's all up here, you know. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of great people in my life. I have not done this on my own, but, uh, you know, my mother definitely is one. She pushed me to, to get into business. She was always been there, you know, when things got a little rough. I mean, running a business can be hard. It gets, it gets hectic, and yeah. she was always there with her guidance and, and always kind of just, like, kicked me and said, you can do it. You know, suck it up. You can do it. So Yeah, yeah. that's so, awesome. Shout so she's out to been Mom. great. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Well, listen, this has been awesome. Yeah, man, appreciate I, you having I, me. I look to try to help you network more here locally with good people. Um, that I think could benefit from triaxle and you could benefit their relationship with them. And I really appreciate you being here, man. Cheers yeah, again.
0: I appreciate the invite. Yes, thank awesome. you. Thank you.
1: If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to learn more about it, check out the links below.